0: you're listening to on the retire road with calandra financial hosted by phil calandra Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Phil Calandra, and you're on the retire road. So glad that you're tuning in and with us again for another edition of our podcast. We appreciate so much. And, and as always, if you have feedback, comments, questions, things that you'd like talked about on the podcast in upcoming episodes, just uh, give us a line, drop us a line through the podcast tool, or you can contact us at the office, 678-218-5925, or you can email us at phil at Calandra that'll come directly to me phil phil at Calandra okay so we're progressing through the five key components of a holistic retirement plan so we're gonna ma- we're gonna manage through all five of these and I'm gonna give you specifics and details on each of the categories so the first thing that we have to do in building a proper retirement plan is understand these five areas so i'm going to give them to you again uh, income planning investment planning tax planning healthcare care planning and lastly your legacy or estate planning all five of those components have to be present to have a properly designed financial plan and unfortunately in america what Wall Street and what the financial services industry has conditioned us to do is to focus on what they want us to focus on the investments because that's what's for sale Wall Street is uh, in partnership with Madison Avenue to sell you an increasing number of financial products whether that be mutual funds stocks bonds REITs annuities insurance products Uh, It's all about the financial sale or the financial transaction. And I would argue that the best place to start, the most important part of financial planning, is to forget about the products for a minute and focus really on goals. So why is goals-based planning a much preferred investment strategy? Well, simple. Uh, Diversification risk management, these are both critical components of an investment management. But unless you've identified your goals, unless you have a goals-based approach to investing, I think you're gonna fall short because you're forever gonna be chasing the next hot product the the stockbroker's trying to sell or the insurance agent's trying to convince you of. So goals-based investing is really simple. It's centered on your individual goals and objectives goals based investing is centered on your individual goals and objectives because the way that I would invest my family's assets and family money may be drastically different than what you need to invest in to achieve the goals and financial objectives of your family so the the goal has to be identified first in the process then you're gonna select the financial instruments the financial products if you will that can get you to the goal with the least amount of risk. I see this all the time. People have this preconceived notion, it's, it's almost that it's conventional financial wisdom that we have to be aggressive investors, that you have to be in this particular mutual fund or this particular stock and I can assure you that's not always the best way to win the game. Let me give you an example. So if I was a football coach and I had uh, college football I love to watch college football obviously I prefer to watch the Tennessee Volunteers Uh, both my sons go to Kennesaw State so I find myself wearing some Kennesaw State uh, swag every now and then they they bought me a hat or two Um, but if I'm a football coach and I have two five-star linebackers one of them is on the field one of them is currently on the bench if the five-star linebacker that I have on the field is not making the tackles He's not getting the job done. The smart thing for me to do as the coach is to what? To pull the starter off the field and put the fellow that's on the bench that's equally as a good uh, in the game to see if he can make the, make the play. So I use that analogy because so many times we're focused on the financial product instead of just running the game plan as the coach my my job is to create the game plan and then insert the players on the field that are going to execute the game plan and oh by the way if one of the players doesn't execute the game plan I yank his butt out and I put the next guy up I put the next guy in so your goals become the most important part of the game plan and then you insert the financial instrument to get you to your goal with the least amount of risk Um, you have to focus your energy (coughs) on meeting the goals You have to monitor and check those. That's really important. So goals-based investing. That's what we're talking about. Portfolio allocation. So once you know what your goals are, how you invest is going to be driven by the income plan that we created in step number one. So last week on the podcast, we talked about income planning. Until you know what income you're going to need to drive in retirement, You have no business selecting financial investments the portfolio allocation is going to dictate how you're going to invest your money so you want to take the least amount of risk possible right you want you don't want to take more risk than necessary to achieve your goals now the goals may change and if that's the case then obviously you'll adjust the portfolio allocation the things that you own so knowing this as a goal-based investor we then want to uh, analyze or we want to test our risk our risk tolerance and our risk capacity and I like to think of those two things simultaneously risk tolerance many of you have have heard of risk tolerance is your emotional connection to the investments that you buy risk tolerance is emotional risk capacity is logical Risk capacity is your ability, irregardless of your feelings about money, up or down, uh, making money or losing money, risk capacity is your ability to handle the loss. I'll give you an example of risk capacity. If we had a $10 million 401k or $10 million uh, brokerage account and we needed, let's say, $20,000 per month to live off of, wouldn't you agree that your risk capacity is quite high? Because an asset level of $10 million and an income need of less than a quarter of a million a year, you certainly have enough assets to, uh, to maintain that uh, $20,000 a year budget. Flip that equation. Let's say you had $200,000 in your investment accounts and you needed uh, $10,000 a month to live off of well then you would say that your risk capacity is quite low because obviously if you lose money in the market with that high dependency of income things are going to turn out very very poorly for you so risk tolerance and risk capacity are two things that we have to meld together two things that we have to think about simultaneously one of the tools that we use in our practice is a risk analysis tool Uh, there's two of them that i like specifically and it will actually score your risk tolerance and capacity, your emotional and logical connection to your investments. It's gonna grade you on a scale of zero to 100. If you scored as high as 100, you are a, you're a riverboat gambler, you just throw caution to win, you're the kind of person that would take your next paycheck and go to Vegas and put it on black 22. That's uh, super, super aggressive. Uh, if you scored a zero, you're the type of investor that is going to put money under your mattress or in a tin can uh, and bury the tin can in the backyard. And the only real risk you have then is remembering where you buried the tin can. So everybody's going to fall between zero and 100. Once you score yourself, your ability to take risk and tolerate risk, then you want to match up your actual portfolio holdings and see how far apart your actual risk analysis personally is to what you're actually doing, because what we find is many people are taking much, much more risk in their portfolio than they should, and in many cases, they're taking much more risk than they think that they are, and that's because Wall Street is forever playing the siren song of, uh, of over-risk, uh, pushing risk, I should say, and that becomes problematic as you're nearing retirement or if you're in retirement. So, portfolio allocation is driven by the income plan. You want to take the least amount of risk possible to achieve your goals. Assess your risk tolerance and and capacity. If you need help with that, send us an email. We can send you out uh, a quick email link that you can score yourself for risk tolerance capacity. Uh, Just send me an email at phil at com, and then I'll turn that right around with an email link for you to take your, your risk analysis questionnaire and what we're looking at there is your standard deviation and your rate of return in every investment that you are going to utilize you want to know two primary things you want to know what the average rate of return is and you want to know the standard deviation of that that investment vehicle most people readily know how much uh, an an asset or an investment uh, returns the rate of return Uh, again Madison Avenue and Wall Street they want you to know if you're making eight percent move your money over here and we're gonna sprinkle magic pixie dust on it and we'll get you nine percent who's taking on more risk you are but if you want a higher rate of return by gosh we can do it so most people are very familiar with their rate of return what most people don't monitor and actually track is the standard deviation of that investment if you remember standard deviation back to your statistic days in college if you took such standard deviation is the measure of variance from the high point to the low point in the investing market standard deviation is the measure of volatility of that asset so knowing the rate of return and the standard deviation we can then determine how much risk am I having to take to get the stated rate of return for example if we have a rate of return of nine percent on our investment over a 10-year period but the standard deviation is say 12 13 or 14 then in looking at different investment options if we could maintain the similar rate of return of nine percent but lower the standard deviation or variance from top to bottom to let's say nine so nine and nine we would have a better designed portfolio because you're creating the same amount of rate of return, excess return, for a lower amount of standard deviation or lower amount of risk. So when you're evaluating your investment options, don't only look at the rate of return, look at how much risk that I have to take to get that rate of return. To use another football analogy, you know the Hail Mary is a play that uh, is a feast or famine type of play. The Hail Mary is you take the gun of an arm of your quarterback and you send your fastest receivers downfield and the quarterback chunks it as far as he possibly can if you're Aaron Rodgers uh, you know that might be 60 65 yards in the air he can he can throw it a mile the Hail Mary play is not really successful from a percentage standpoint but when you connect with the receiver guess what touchdown six points But it's not a very reliable not a very dependable play it has a lot of risk same thing with your portfolio if you're hitting home runs right now if you're scoring tds because the market's been up 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 the touchdown is the goal obviously but if we could score the touchdown by passing the ball uh, over short distances over the middle maybe give it to the running back and let him do the dive play he tucks it under center he makes four or five yards If you can score a touchdown without relying on the Hail Mary, which game plan is going to be statistically better? The coach that has more plays, he doesn't have to depend on the quarterback throwing it downfield 50, 60 yards. So I hope that makes sense. We want to achieve our goals with the least amount of risk possible. That's the difference between measuring only rate of return and standard deviation. So when we're in this accumulation stage, when you're uh, a few years out from retirement, I say five to seven years before retiring, you're probably still in the gain stage. You're in the accumulation of wealth stage. So the things that you're going to want to look at when you're in the accumulation stage are very different than the things you're going to want to look at um, when you're in the preservation or the spending stage of your, of your wealth plan or your investment plan so when we talk about accumulation you want to manage volatility you want to make sure that your portfolio is well diversified you're measuring the rate of return versus standard deviation and you're protecting yourself from volatility when you get into this preservation stage so I'd say within five to seven years of retiring you want to then focus more on loss how do you prevent yourself from major drawdowns You still have to keep an eye on accumulation you still want to grow your wealth but you'd want to pay more attention to preservation and there are specific things that you can do in your portfolio to protect against loss and then obviously the last stage once you're in retirement and you have no new paycheck coming in and you may be depending upon Social Security pensions uh, annuity payments rental income uh, what have you when you're in retirement And you have to depend on assets for cash flow to put bread on the table to make the travel uh, plans come to fruition then the way you're going to invest is more for longevity you're going to be in a more of a distribution mindset and uh, and we can do a future podcast on that there are specific things that you're going to want to look at that are different when you're in the distribution stage of your investing career So when you're in accumulation, you're a few years out from retirement, you wanna use an active asset allocation, you wanna target growth in global markets, um, you want to stay limited on your fixed income, focus on the equity categories, um, use some volatility control measures to protect from the, the what-ifs, the downside. Um, the, you know, the, the, the reality is there is going to be increased volatility in the market. That's not going away. So if we know the market is volatile, we can manage against loss. We can manage against risk. And there are specific things that you can do there. But the accumulation stage is meant to be just that. It's meant to be looked at over a long period of time. It's meant to have limited fixed income, focus on the stocks, the equity strategies that have the greatest upside potential, and manage volatility. (coughs) As you get into the preservation investing strategies... Then you're gonna wanna look at things that protect against loss, protect more on the downside. And you're also looking for probability of success. We wanna make sure that we protect ourselves so that we don't run out of money. We talked about that in the income planning phase. The number one fear for American uh, retirees today is how do I successfully invest and not run out of money? Uh, And that becomes a really important consideration When you're in the preservation or the distribution side of your investment strategy so when you're in the distribution side so we talk about accumulation preservation and distribution so many of our listeners and many of our clients find themselves right in retirement they're not receiving any new paychecks so how are they gonna build their investment strategy to protect the downside but yet also spin off an income stream that they can't outlive And there's some very specific things that that I like to teach. Uh, I do this when I teach class at Georgia State and also at Kennesaw State, the retirement planning courses that we teach. Um, And as a sidebar, if you'd like to come to a live event, if you'd like to participate in one of our retirement workshops, we hold them every month. Um, This month, we're actually at Kennesaw State University on the Marietta campus, uh, the Joe Mack Wilson Center. And then uh, next month, we rotate to Georgia State. So Kennesaw State one month, Georgia State the next month. If you'd like to come to one of our retirement workshops, please drop us a line. You can call the office 678-218-5925 or you can send me an email, phil at CalandraFinancial.com. But one of the things I teach in our in our workshops is how you construct a portfolio from an equity to fixed income or equity to bond allocation and take income out at the same time because the reality for many people is the sequence of return the way the stock market is going to return results to you are drastically different when you're withdrawing money from your 401k or your ira so the investment allocations that you need to create in your plan are going to be very different depending on how much money you're going to need to pull out of that retirement account or that brokerage account And for many people, they might have 401ks and IRAs that they'll never need to touch. They have Social Security, they have a pension, maybe some rental property income, and they may have enough coming in that they don't need to depend on the 401k or the IRA that they squirrel dollars away into. But if you find yourself not having enough income, going back to the income plan from uh, Social Security. Pensions and any other guaranteed income streams, then you're going to need to create an investment plan or investment strategy that looks a little bit different. The way that you're going to invest is in large part going to be dependent upon how much money you're going to have to pull out, <coughs> excuse me, uh, how much money you're going to have to pull out of the 401k every month, every year to uh, live the lifestyle that you want to live. So I hope this has been helpful this is all about investment planning some very specific things portfolio allocation is driven by your income plan so if you haven't done step number one is develop your income plan number two we want to focus on taking the least amount of risk to achieve our goals while focusing on risk tolerance capacity and measuring not only rate of return on the assets or investments but also the standard deviation the amount of risk that we have to take in that particular asset. Thanks for tuning in. You've been On the Retire Road. I'm Phil Calandra. Thank you for joining me. Tune back in next week, and we're going to talk about tax planning as we continue on the holistic side of financial planning. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to On the Retire Road with Phil Calandra. To contact Phil, call the office anytime 678-218-5925.